Hey, welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. I'm Rob Chartrand, the lead pastor of the church. We're a church that's for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and are passionate about helping people find their way back to God. Hey, if you're new, I'll have a bit to say at the end of the podcast, but in the meantime, let's listen to this Sunday's message. You make me feel like I won a gold medal. (laughs) All right, okay. Yes, Helen and I are celebrating our 42nd anniversary. Boy, we are getting old. Yike. We are 67 years old. And hey, to celebrate, we booked a trip to Newfoundland. Anyone from Newfoundland? No? Oh, this is not Fort McMurray, I know. <laughs> when I spoke at Fort McMurray Church, boy, half of the church are from Newfoundland. My God. Oh. Newfoundland people are really beautiful people. They work hard and they play hard. Yeah. So, um, your pastor wants me to talk about mental health, and this is what I will speak on today. So, what is mental health? Or, what is good mental health? I would say good mental health means we feel alive. I think you know what a man when you feel alive. When I feel alive, when I'm driving and listen to country music on the radio, I whistle with the song. I move around, I dance around in my car. When I feel alive, I listen to Garth Brook, the dance. I have friends in low places. When I feel alive, I listen to Shania. I love Shania. You still the one. The woman in me and the man in you. When I feel alive, I will listen to George Strait. All my exes live in Texas. When my wife, my wife's not around, okay? When my wife's not home, I will listen to that. All my exes live in Texas. As one American pastor puts it, what we want is pretty simple. We want to be alive. We want to feel alive. Not just to exist, but to thrive, to live out loud, walk tall, breathe free. We want to be less lonely, less exhausted, less conflicted, less afraid, less anxious, more awake, more grateful, more energized and purposeful. And this pastor said we capture this kind of mindfulness, joyful living in terms like well-being. Shalom, blessedness, wholeness, harmony, life to be full, and aliveness. He further said the quest for aliveness is the best thing about healthy faith and healthy community. It is why we gather, we celebrate, we eat, we do potluck. I miss my potluck. Attend, practice, sing, and contemplate. When people say, I am spiritual, as opposed to say, I am religious, what they mean is simple. I am seeking aliveness. 
not broken inside, not lost inside, not feeling disconnected inside, not depressed inside, not anxious inside, not angry inside, not dead inside, not cynical inside. Folks, when it comes to mental health or good mental health, it is the inside that counts. Not your outward appearance. Not your outward doing and functioning. Now, when it comes to depression, now I'm not talking about depression that you have to go to the hospital, go to emergency to see a psychiatrist. I'm talking about you're not a happy camper kind of depression. I think you know some, not, some people are not happy camper in your life. I'm talking about that type of depression. I'm just not a happy camper. And this type of depression often shows up in alcoholism, drug addiction, excessive anger, Irritability, anxiety, obsessive thoughts, controlling behavior, excessive guilt, insecurity, apathy, withdrawal, lack of motivation, procrastination, low sexual drive, and or behavior such as overeating, watching pornography, having affairs, Flirting, shopping, spending, and using the computer, the smartphone, and posting on social media constantly. If you have one parent who had any of these behavior, there's a 50% chance you'll be depressed. If you have both parents, with these behaviors, there's a 75% chance you'll be depressed. Now, when it comes to anxiety, now I'm, talk, I'm not talking about panic attack, anxiety attack, you know, take a few deep breaths and then have to take some medication. I'm not talking about that type of anxiety. I'm talking about anxiety that fear of rejection, fear of failure, Feel how other people sees you. Always compare yourself with other people. This type of anxiety. And do you know this type of anxiety? The following are the little trauma. Little trauma that might be the driving force behind your anxiety. These are the little trauma. Might be the driving force behind your anxiety. Being teased as a child or bullied in school. Having an emotionally unavailable parent. Having an overly critical parent. Moving a lot as a kid. Having an unpredictable childhood. Being part of a high-conflict, dysfunctional, 
family. Having an unsupported parent. Having a parent who expects perfection. This is what we call little trauma. And research showed that the repeat exposure to little trauma can cause more emotional damage than a single big traumatic event like a life-threatening accident, injury, or assault. And many mental health symptoms you experience today have roots in past trauma, whether big or little. When it comes to loss, it's not just for death. It's also for losing your community, like losing your faith community, friends and workplace community because of the COVID lockdowns and restrictions. Missing the certainty you once had, COVID restriction on and off, on and off again. Losing tradition you loved, Christmas tradition, Thanksgiving tradition, birthday tradition, winter holiday tradition, travel edition, because of COVID gathering and travel restrictions. Feeling lost and unanchored. Parent working from home, kid doing online schooling at home. A lot to adjust and adapt. A lot of new learning curve. And these are the losses and stress caused by the pandemic because of the restrictions. And when these losses and stress become chronic, like just two years of lockdown restriction, the cumulative burden of chronic stress is called allostatic load. There's a name for it. It's called allostatic load. When changes and challenges in the life exceed capacity to cope, our nervous system shifts into allostatic overload. When we are in allostatic overload, we struggle to feel sustained sense of peace, connection, and joy because our nervous system is on extra alert for danger and threat, whether physical or psychological, and trigger the fight or flight response in us. So this morning, be honest to yourself. If you're not experiencing a heart full of joy and gratitude this week or this morning, please know that you're not alone. You're not alone. And please don't shame yourself for feeling that way. There's something wrong with me. No, you're normal. There's nothing wrong with you. The Bible has a word for giving grace to the experience of pain, sorrow, and giving God an earful now and then. And that word is lament. Lament. Neither one-third of the psalm in the Bible express uh, expression of lament. In other words, neither one-third of the psalm are God's people giving voice to the hardship they are facing without shame. Maybe God likes it. I think God likes it. Why? It means that they are being real, not fake, not playing church. So this morning, consider creating space for both hardships and gratitude at your dinner table. Give thanks for what you can and give grace 
for what feels hard. Don't be so harsh on yourself. Don't be so harsh on your kids. Don't be so harsh on your spouse. Give grace. And remember, there is a God who sees us amidst the messiness of life. Hagar, the enslaved Egyptian woman in Genesis 16.13, chapter 16.13 in Genesis in Old Testament, who gave the living God a name, Elroy. Elroy means you are the God who sees me. And these words speak to all of us. Our God is the same God who saw Hagar in her distress. And there's a God who sees you right now. Every part of you. Right now. And I want this morning to underline these words. There is a God who sees you to the ones who are here and to the ones who are watching us online. There's a God who sees you who have been overlooked, forgotten, and feeling left out this morning. There's God who sees you whose dreams and vision were crushed. There's a God who sees you, who are burned out, who feels cynical, who feels alone, who still question your calling because it's so tough. For those and watching online who feel you are on the outside looking in at others who get to live your dreams. Who wish someone would minister to you. Who are struggling with it all. Juggling it all. You're not forgotten. God sees you. God gets you. Now, when it comes to mental health, we have to know, understand, mental health is a journey. It's not a destination. It's a journey. I'm 67 years old. I'm still on the journey. That means that if this is a journey, you can grow and mature in that journey. You can grow and mature in your own mental health journey. Now, here are the signs, okay? You are growing and maturing in your own mental health journey individually, as a couple, and as a family. So be proud of your growth and you are more emotional, mature in your journey this morning. So you have a pen and paper. I want to write this down. These are the signs that you are growing, maturing in your own mental health journey whether it's a family, as a couple, or individually. First, you speak kinder to yourself. You speak kinder to yourself. Second, you pause before responding. You pause before responding. Three, you enter into difficult conversations. You enter into difficult conversations. 
And I have a few copies on the table there that if you want to take it home, um, take it to some friends, that's fine. It's over there. Number four, you can name and identify your emotions. You can name and identify your emotions. Number five, you ask for what you need. You're empathetic to other experiences. You aren't capsized when something goes wrong. You can sit in hard things without ejecting. You embrace the messy middle. You embrace the messy middle. So not everything is right and wrong. There is a messy middle. Your love for others continue to deepen. Not your beliefs are more correct than anyone else. Your love for others, your children, your spouse, your friend to deep, continue to deepen. Not your beliefs are more correct than anyone else. And our last one. You, ain't, you are not falling for using God, the Bible, your rights, and freedom as an excuse to avoid doing your own work. You're not falling for using God, the Bible, your rights, and freedom to avoid, as excuse to avoid doing your own work. You speak kinder to yourself. Not just to yourself, to other people. A client told me recently, he's into hockey. In competition, his team comes second. And his father will tell him, you come second, is the first one to lose. You come second, is the first one to lose. I think, sir, your father unintentionally shaming you. Instead of celebrating you and be proud of yourself that you come in second, he said, come in second, have a silver medal, is the first one to lose. Your father is not speaking kind to yourself. That's why you don't speak kind to yourself either. I have another client share with me recently. He's a business person. He got an MBA. And he told me, I recently completed an MBA. I qualify as a mature student based on my work history and some initial work choice and undergrad degree. I have always considered myself as less than others because I did not have an undergrad degree. Even after receiving my MBA, I still feel that I somehow took a shortcut to obtaining this degree as others with a master's degree have an undergrad degree as well. I said, sir, which university accepted you in the MBA? Simon Fraser in Burnaby. Come on, sir, that is a great university. My claim magazine always ranked them number one in Smithside University. And they accepted you. Yes, they did. How did you do an MBA? 
I did very well. And that's still not good enough for you. No, because I did not have an undergrad degree. That's not from you, sir. That is Mr. Shane talking to you. Just like an ugly goal in hockey is not good enough. You need a fancy goal. Talk to Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith always get ugly goal. A goal is a goal. We got two points. No, Mr. Shane said, no, ugly goal is not good enough. You need a fancy goal. You see, the power of shame is real. Now, when you always feel I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not thin enough, you know what you're saying? My shame is deeper than my salvation. Now, that's serious. When you always feel I'm not good enough, not smart enough, I'm not thin enough, you're saying to yourself, your shame is deeper than your salvation. And that is serious to Jesus. It will make Jesus really, really sad. That means that my, what I'm doing on the cross, that you born again, had nothing, no power at all. Don't let our shame deeper than our salvation. That will cause depression, anxiety, anger, envy. You pause before responding. Nowadays, you pause before you post anything on social media. You pause before you reply on social media. Why? Because we have to, sometimes we just have to learn to love that person from a safe distance. If you reply, you have no idea. You get into a trap. All the arguments, all the argument on social media, all the exchange, you're trapped. Pause before we reply. Pause before you post anything. Pause before you get angry. Pause before you react. And we sometimes just have to learn. I love this person. He's, she's my friend. But I have to love her from a safe distance. You enter into difficult conversations instead of avoiding conflict. You can name and identify your emotions. You can name and identify your emotion. Just like this morning. What I see on the news these days make me really feel powerless. You identify that emotion, I feel powerless. It's so important you can name it. Because when you can name it, you can face it. If you cannot name it, then you run away from it. Or you fight it. Name it. I felt powerless 
I felt unheard. I felt alone. I felt ignored. I felt I couldn't be honest. I felt like I'm always the bad guy in this relationship. I felt forgotten. I felt disconnected. I felt controlled. I felt shame. I felt inadequate. I felt I couldn't have a voice in this family. Your love for others continue to deepen, not your beliefs are more correct than anyone else. As American Franciscan priest Richard Raw says, Jesus did not come to create a country club or a tribe of people who could say, we are in and you're out. We got the truth and you don't. Jesus came to reveal something that was true everywhere for everyone all the time, which means Christ's mystery. Christ's mystery is much bigger than Christianity as an organized religion. Now, in order for us to continue to grow and sustain the growth in our mental health journey, we need to adopt a healthy mind and a healthy faith. As one writer says, our world doesn't need more positivity or positive thinking. Why? Because it's not positive out there. Our world needs minds that are equipped to be with the complexity of life. A mind that can stay grounded, centered, open to the full range of what it means to be human. And we need a healthy faith. One American pastor put it, healthy faith is a faith that embraces pain, suffering, loss, and trial. It's not that it celebrates pain and relish it in it, nor does our faith ask us to seek our pain or suffering as if our redemption is tied up with how miserable we can be for Jesus. No, but a faith refuses to gloss over our woundedness with hollow positive thinking or quick spiritual solutions. It refuses to ignore the basic tenet of human life. We will hurt. All of us. We will hurt. And a healthy mind embraces what I call power of and, A-N-D, the power of and, and you can write this down, something that can be equally true and normal in life. You are resilient and you need a break. You gave it all and you need to back out. You never quit. And this isn't what I thought it was. You are independent and you still need others. You are very careful and you have an accident. You are very careful and you tested positive for COVID. It happened. 
Maybe it happened to you. You have a nice vacation and you have a fat tire on highway driving home. It happened to me. We have a beautiful vacation with our children, grandchildren, and Vernon, and coming back at home at night, I got a flat tire. You're kind, and you have boundaries. Others have it worse, and your pain is real. You did your best, and now you know more. I did my best. I have visa, I have insurance, cover my rental car, now I know more. The rental car just doesn't, doesn't only charge you the repair cost. It charges you administration fee. It charges you the day of losses they can use the car. And they charge you the diminish of the value of the car. Oh, yike. And I find out when it comes to rental car, my insurance company, no deductible. I thought I know a lot. I have visa. I have visa. Infinity. <laughs> now I know more. <laughs> Your parents did the best they could with the knowledge and skill they had. And their choice and their parenting hurt you. Your true love and care for that person in your family or in your friendship circle, and you recognize it is healthier for you to love him or her from a safe distance. Life is beautiful, and life is brutal. Practice the courage of denying neither. Life is beautiful, and life is brutal. Practice the courage of denying neither. When we embrace the power of and, we equip our mind to deal with the complexity of life, to open to the full range of what it means to be human. We will rejoice and we will hurt. In doing so, we are more emotionally prepared with a stronger emotional immune system. Now, there's one thing. There's one thing that hinder us pursuing a healthy mind and a healthy faith. With emotional preparedness and maturity. And that one thing is spiritual bypassing. That one thing is Spiritual bypassing. What is spiritual bypassing? Spiritual bypassing is about sidestepping, praying away the pain and the tough challenges in favor of quick spiritual solutions. What is spiritual bypassing? Spiritual bypassing is sidestepping, praying away the pain, the tough challenges in our lives, in favor of quick spiritual solutions. I'll give you some example. Spiritual emotional maturity is, I'm exhausted. I sense a need to say no to requests for my time. That's emotional maturity. 
I am exhausted. I sense a need to say no to requests of my time. Spiritual bypassing is, if you lean on God more, you wouldn't get so tired. If you lean on God more, you wouldn't get so tired. Emotional maturity is, the news this weekend has me feeling sad, alone, and powerless. Jesus, I am grieving. But spiritual bypassing is, you have Jesus. You shouldn't feel sad, alone, and powerless. Emotional maturity is, I feel so angry, God. Help me to honor, help me honor this pain, uh, even as I discern how to move forward. And spiritual bypassing is, you just need to forgive and forget and pray those feelings away. You just need to forgive and forget and pray those feelings away. Emotional maturity is, I feel stuck. I want to understand what is mine to own and what is mine to release in this situation. Spiritual bypassing is, just let go and let go. Just let go and let God. Emotion maturity is, I'm weary. I want to slow it down. Spiritual bypassing is, where is your faith? I think some of us, kind of unintentionally, hold on to this spiritual bypassing. Or sometimes the churches kind of unintentionally teach us about spiritual bypassing. But when you look at the life of Jesus in the gospel, Jesus navigates through complex emotions such as anger, grief, and pain with unbelievable skills. May we all learn to be more like Jesus in this way. When we learn to enter into pain, both our own and others with skill and compassion, may we become the best of who we are by facing our own pain honestly. The American Franciscan priest Richard Ross says, we do not think ourselves into a new way of living. We do not think ourselves into a new way of living. We live ourselves. We live ourselves into a new way of thinking. We don't think ourselves into a new way of living. We live ourselves into a new way of thinking, which means if we want to experience changes, we need to do our work. Now, God has equipped our brain with feel-good chemicals to help us better cope with the complexity of life just like the pandemic and all the restrictions. And we can harness, make use of these gifts of neurobiology. It's his creation. It's a wonderful gifts. And how do we activate these feel-good chemicals in our brain? And there are four main feel-good chemicals in our brain. Okay, you can write it down. The four, and it's on the notes over there too. The four main feel-good chemicals in our brain. Dopamine. Dopamine. The reward, chem the reward chemical. And actually, when people say he's smoking dope, actually it comes from the word dopamine. Because dopamine makes you feel good. 
but God doesn't create dopamine with us for us to feel to, to smoke dope. Alright? Yeah. It's not, it's not supposed to use it that way. And then second one, oxytocin. Oxytocin. Oxytocin is a love and bonding chemical. The love and bonding chemical. And woman has a lot of oxytocin in the brain. For us men, after intimacy on the marriage bed, the men have less oxytocin. So the men still think, hmm, I still can catch the third period of the Oilers game. <laughs> but for the woman, you get tons of oxytocin. After intimacy, I want to hug. I want to cuddle. Can you hold me tight? But the man, I'm going to see the Oilers game. Women love oxytocin. Serotonin. That's a mood stabilizer. Our homemade antidepressant. And then endorphin. The painkiller for both physical and emotional pain. Now, how do we harness and trigger these type of feel-good chemicals in our brain. And they are healthy activity, healthy activity that we can do to help our brain to trigger these feel-good emotion, feel-good chemicals in our brain. The, the dopamine, the oxytocin, serotonin, and, and, and then the endorphin. Now, so these are the, and these are the nooks over there, and these are the healthy activity can help our brain to release dopamine, the reward chemical. Completing a task, doing cell care activities, eating food, celebrating little wins, sleeping, listening to music. That's why I listen to God's book. That's why I listen to Shania. And these are the healthy activities that help your brain to trigger the oxytocin, the love and bonding hormone. Playing with a dog, listening to music, do something nice to someone, give a compliment, hugging, kissing, cuddling, touching, spending time with loved ones. That's when my wife asked me, please give me a kiss before you go to work. That triggered the oxytocin in her. Which is a good thing. It works. And then serotonin. The mood stabilizer. These are the healthy activity can help the brain to trigger the release of serotonin. Meditating. Being in the sun. Being in nature. Swimming, cycling, running, exercising. That's why a lot of people don't know. Every U.S. president, every U.S. president, I hope including Donald Trump, have to do cardiovascular exercise every day when they are in office to help the brain to release their serotonin. Because the big burden on the president, not just domestic policy, but foreign policy. And these are the activity, the healthy activity, healthy things for us, for the brain to release endorphin, the painkiller, 
laughing, watching a comedy, eating dark chocolate. Oh, good. Eating dark chocolate. Not too dark, it's bitter, okay? Moving your body, move. Get out of your house. Get out of your bedroom. Do something. Moving your body, exercising, taking a hot bath, acupuncture. I think anyone have needling or acupuncture? No, it works. It worked for me. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. This command, be still and know that I am God, is written in the context of time of trouble and war. Be still means stop. Stop. Cease striving. Stop over-functioning. Stop overdoing. I think the same thing Jesus talked to Martha. Stop. Martha, stop. Pay attention. Watch. I am here. You are safe with me. I'm not going anywhere. Stop. I'm here. In 2016, Helen and I visited Auschwitz, the Nazi Germany concentration camp and extermination camp in Poland. There are two camps. So there's the concentration camp where they live and then about another half an hour drive to the next camp. And that is the death camp. That we see the death chamber. It was truly a somber experience. Eddie Yago, Eddie Yago, an Auschwitz Holocaust survivor, passed away in 2021 at the age of 101. In one of his talks, Eddie Yago says, Tomorrow will come, but first enjoy today. Tomorrow will come, but first enjoy today. Please do not walk in front of me. I may not able to follow. Please do not walk behind me. I may not be able to lead. Please walk beside me and be my friend. Please do not walk in front of me. I may not be able to follow. Please do not walk behind me. I may not be able to lead. Please walk beside me and be my friend. I think a lot of us have forgotten that God has feelings and emotions. Guess where we get our own feelings and emotions from? It's from God, from our Creator. Because our Creator has feelings and emotions. My guess is God would say the same thing to us. Please do not walk in front of me. You're running too fast. You're doing too much. I may not be able to follow you. Please do not walk behind me. I may not be the lead. Step out of it. Wake up and start moving. You're too scared. 
Follow what the Chinese say. Ma say lock they hang. What it means is, when the horse is dead, get off the horse and start walking. That is Chinese psychology. When the horse is dead, get off the horse and start walking. Nothing will happen when you sit on a dead horse night and day. Please walk beside me. I see you. I get you. I'm here with you and for you. Just walk together with me. It's okay. Do you want to hold my hand? No, no, I don't want to hold your hand. It's okay. You don't need to hold my hand. But just walk beside me. Okay? I'm not going anywhere. You're safe. I want to end my message this morning on mental health with a conversation between Jesus and someone who feels exhausted by uh, exhausted in her life or his life. So this is a conversation between Jesus and someone who feels exhausted by life. Jesus said, you must be exhausted. Have you never been tempted to set down the burden by telling someone about it? The person said, I can't. I can't. Jesus said, who is I? Who is I? And the person said, the glittering image. The glittering image. Oh yes, and of course, that's the only you that the world allowed to see. And you're out of the world now, aren't you? And I'm different from everyone else because I know that there are two of you are becoming interested in this other self of yours, the self nobody meets. I'd like to have her come out from behind that glittering image and set down this appalling burden which has been torment, tormenting her for so long. And the person replied, she can't come out. Why not? You wouldn't like or approve of her. And Jesus said, my dear, when a traveler staggering along with her back breaking among her luggage, she doesn't need someone to pat her on her shoulder and tell her how wonderful she is. She needs someone who offer to share the load. My dear, when a traveler staggering along with a back breaking among her luggage, he or she doesn't need someone to pat him or her on the shoulder and tell him or her how wonderful she is or he is. They need someone who offers to share the load. And that's what Jesus is for. And that's what this community is for. Amen? Amen. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. 
We hope it's helped you in your spiritual journey and it's helped you draw closer to God. Let me tell you a little bit about us. Crosspoint gathers as one church on Sundays in Northeast Edmonton. And you can find out our location and more about us by visiting our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. We also meet throughout the week throughout Edmonton in what we call home groups. These are smaller communities of learning, laughter, community, uh, transformation. We, we think that the journey of faith was never intended to be an independent exercise. It's, it's something that we do together. So please visit our website and find out how you can get connected to a home group near you. If you listen to our podcast regularly, why not make it shareable? You could like us on iTunes or share our podcast with other people. But more importantly, we hope you will get connected with other people and talk about what you've learned. Again, hey, thanks for listening. We pray you'll experience Christ's love in a very real and profound way this week.